and welcome to this week's show. And we're in 1973 for a futuristic western called Westworld. MGM presents Westworld. Your attention, please. We will soon be landing at Westworld, the ultimate resort. It consists of three worlds of the past, worlds where you can live out your every fantasy. There's Roman world, the lusty, decadent delights of imperial Pompeii. Medieval world, chivalry and combat in 13th century Europe. And West world, lawless violence on the American frontier of the 1880s. Each resort is maintained by reliable computer technology and peopled by lifelike robot men and women. Our robots are programmed to provide you with an unforgettable vacation. Our technology is designed to provide all this in complete safety. In Westworld, frustrations find release. Desire ends in satisfaction. Let me handle it. And all in a controlled environment. That's not supposed to happen. We know you'll enjoy your stay in Westworld. Hold it. The ultimate resort. Let me do it this time. Where nothing, nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm shot. Go wrong. Raw. Go wrong. Oh, my God. Shut down. Shut down immediately. Westworld from MGM, starring Yul Brynner, Richard Benjamin, and James Brolin. Westworld, the ultimate resort. Boy, do we have a vacation for you. For you. For you. For you. This movie has always been a favorite of mine and has been an inspiration for many directors over the years. Paul Verhoeven was certainly influenced by it when he made Total Recall in 1990. A movie about a man wanting more excitement in his life, so is injected with an identity and lives out that identity for real. Here, two blue-collar workers visit a holiday camp split into three worlds, West, Roman and Medieval. They choose to live out their fantasies as cowboys, riding the wild country, shooting the bad guys and having fun with the ladies. They fulfill all of these dreams, but forget that their opponents are all robots. So advanced, can't tell the difference except for a small patch of skin on the palm of their hands. When the robots start taking the law into those hands, trouble starts, and our two heroes are pursued by a gunslinger, dressed from head to foot in black, played by Yul Brynner. You have a story like this, you must have an action director who's capable of giving the director what he wants. This movie was blessed with the presence of Dick Zyker.
Two major set pieces in the film. The first is the barroom brawl. Every good western has one, and this picture wasn't going to go without. Again, Dick Syker as coordinator brought in as many good fight men as he could to do majority of the stunts in the fight, and to surround themselves around the actors to keep them safe. The stuntmen were Tony Brubaker, Bill Catching, Louis Elias, Charlie Pacerni, Terry Wilson, who also played the role of the sheriff in the movie, Bobby Bass, Chuck Hayward, Dean Smith, and Buddy Joe Hooker. It was also the first time we'd seen slow motion in a bar fight setup. All the standard gags are here, breaking furniture, sugar glass bottles, a high fall, and sliding along the length of the bar. You tick these off your list, anything else is a bonus. Earlier on in the picture, the gunslinger, Yul Brynner, who incidentally is dressed the way he was for the Magnificent Seven, holds a gun to James Brolin in his hotel room, only to be burst in on by Richard Benjamin, saving the day, who shoots him, sending him out through a window, down a roof and onto the ground below. Yul Brynner, who was 53 when he made the picture, does the first part of the fall in the studio by crashing through a fake window. Not easy by any state of the imagination, but he'd had plenty of experience to know exactly what he was doing. The rest of the fall was completed by Chuck Hayward, who was his stuntman. Wearing a mask, there is a moment where he can't see his landing area. Dick Zyker understood this and covered a larger area than normal, to take into account any alterations in trajectory. You say something, boy? I said you talk too much. Why don't you make me shut up? Dick Zyker was a downhill skier and motorcycle racer back in Wyoming where he grew up. As he said himself, you had to do one or two of these things just to exist. Eventually he found himself in the film business and made some giant leaps too. Westworld was a project that had been pitched to him directly from the director Michael Crichton, also wrote the book. He'd been a fan of the TV show Mannix, a show that Dick had been stunt coordinator on, and Michael Crichton was a big fan. The end of the film originally didn't have a fire sequence. The gunslinger, played by Yul Brynner, was to be short-circuited after being run through with a lance. The lance available as the final confrontation takes place on the medieval world set. Dick Zykers suggested the fire sequence after watching Diamonds Are Forever remembering the wonderful fire job performed by George Leach 
on board the ship at the end of the movie. He suggested something bigger and better. The added bonus here was oxygen. He'd have a tank of oxygen attached to him and would be able to breathe throughout the two-minute burn. But as became apparent, the flames were so high above his head and the heat was so intense that he had to look for hand signals being waved at him from off camera. His stunt team waving at him to lie down so they could put him out. Just before they lit him, he would have had layers of protective clothing placed on him and cooling gel applied to slow down the transfer of heat. Then on top of that, fire gel that will burn. Once lit, you wouldn't be able to see or hear anything. I've been up close to a stuntman on fire before and the noise of the clothes burning is bad enough from 10 feet away. But when you're in that inferno, the noise must be quite unbearable. It's a magnificent gag and one that still stands among the greatest stunts ever caught on film. I'd like you to listen to the clip I'm about to play very carefully. It's the behind-the-scenes audio from the actual take of that fire gag. I know what you're thinking. Listening to somebody being set on fire? Whatever next? Ventriloquism on the radio? The reason I'm doing it is so you can hear the stunt as it appears on the set and to hear Dick Zyker's stunt safety team giving him verbal instruction, which he can't hear, and having to resort to visual hand signals. Okay? Here we go. That's it for this week. Don't forget to check out the YouTube show on Friday. And remember to check the social media platforms. All the details are in the notes below. Until next time, bye for now. (laughs) 